Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a Krusty Krab. Uh, what is up, everybody in the Krusty Krab atmosphere? Ethosphere? Lithosphere? <laughs> How's everybody doing? Welcome to another Hard Rock Lunchbox. Today is October 13th. In case you're watching uh, Mean Girls, that's uh, that would be 10 days later. 10 days after, October 3rd, in case you're asking. I, uh, I am... I'm trying to remember Tom Segura. I can't remember which comedy special it is, but he's like, you know, I'm here and whatever, and I'm completely falling apart. And that's literally how I... I've really tried to step into my cardiovascular health, so I'm trying to do a lot more. I've really forsaken any sort of, like, muscle building or anything. I mean, I know, I know, like, traditionally people think of me as... Very uh, John Cena looking. Uh, those days are over. So no, I'm trying to like lean into some cardio, doing some stair work. Like I have kind of a stated goal. Like I want to be able to go from the basement up to my bedroom on the second floor of my house. Yes, I'm rich. I have two floors and a basement. Um, I know it's crazy. What am I going to do with all that money? Um, I want to be able to do that with a basket of laundry. See, there's the <laughs> there's the rub. I want to be able to do that without being out of breath. And I don't know where everybody's at, but like from a from a human being point of view, like the simple fact that I cannot go up, I'm going to say 26 steps carrying a load of laundry, dried laundry, not wet laundry, nothing like that, without being out of breath has been a real, I want to say eye opener, but it's more of an eye closer because I'm so goddamn tired after I do it. Yeah, come on. <laughs> But it's really become kind of a kind of a thing, and I guess it's not comforting. But like, I guess what's I don't even know the word because it's not comforting. <laughs> but it's but let let me just say it's comforting, and then we'll all try and figure out what I mean. Like, isn't that what this show is all about? Like, DJ says something, and then after we'll figure out what the hell he was talking about. And I feel like that should be the new bumper for the show. Like, like I'll gladly pay a Tuesday for a hamburger. Like uh, let me, I'll gladly say some shit right now, and we'll figure it out next Thursday, and that'll be future us as well. Um, but that has—it's really been like this. Oh, the encouraging thing, or whatever, is that uh, most people I speak to are in the exact same boat, and it's that's why I said it's not good because I don't wish that on you know people I care about or anybody in general. No, that's not true. I definitely wish on the people I don't care about. Like, I just hope they get fatter and more unhealthy. And as they're yelling at me about, like, why we don't need health care. Like uh, <laughs> it's funny. I was actually I was working on a piece of copy yesterday for um, cover CoverCA.com, which is um, California. It's the California healthcare system and their whole plan, like to that they did a couple years ago, to try and get everybody like good coverage. And the, the simple, like radio is and TV is more expensive, obviously, but radio ads are are expensive enough. So, like as I've gone through a bunch of these, I kind of realize like how important is are certain things in the message, right? Like, well, saying that line will probably cost six thousand dollars, right, because of airtime and stuff like that. And the simple fact that they have to. The, the main point of this is that they're covering from routine checkups to emergency care and coverage for pre-existing conditions. The simple fact that they have to waste valuable copy time to say those three things, which I consider to be basic human rights, <laughs> is just, it's just bananas. And the fact that people from the right constantly just yell and yell and like, bah, 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 like socialism. Like, I have a lot to say on socialism. 
we'll get to that. I want to welcome everybody here. So, yeah, I'm hoping to be able to carry laundry up and down the stairs. That's my new goal for 2023. Seriously, you have any idea how fat and sad it is? Like, I want to be able to carry laundry up two flights of stairs. Like, that's... I mean, I don't have one of those carts at the mall yet, so I guess I'm doing pretty good. Also, I can keep up with an errant soccer ball if I need to. I just can't do two in a row. Can't do it. Can't do it. Is anyone else exhausted from this show yet? I mean, like, we are five minutes in, and I am just literally exhausted already. And uh, it's definitely not you. It's me. Um... It's funny, I tried to change the camera angle on this camera today, because I was watching an old video. Oh, remember I told you I got, like, another strike at YouTube, because I was spreading election lies? I still haven't had a chance to fight that one, but I'm going to, because, you know, clearly it's all... I was making fun of people that were spreading election lies, so in typical YouTube bot fashion, they just honed in on the thing I was saying. Because it's like, I can't even say it, because I'm going to get in trouble again, but, like, let's just say YouTube had... um, Let's say YouTube had a community standard policy uh, that prevented you from saying that uh, prevented you from saying that pumpkin pie was delicious, right? Now that's controversial, right? A lot of people don't think pumpkin pie is delicious, and those people are incorrect. But in America, you're allowed to think those things. That's you know kind of like freedom of thought thing. But let's just say. Let's just say YouTube news, YouTube's new community standard was you can't say anything about people not liking uh, pumpkin pie. So let's say I went on YouTube and I watched, say, Joe Rogan or some other really big Fox host talk about how people don't like pumpkin pie. Now, they're allowed to say it because they have million, millions of viewers and YouTube doesn't censor them. But if I say the same thing, I will get a strike against me. And what basically just happened here is I was making fun of those people. And I said, you know, some people think that uh, pumpkin pie isn't delicious. And those people are wrong. Right? So that's what I just said. But YouTube will find the pumpkin pie isn't delicious. It'll skip the some people say... And those people are wrong. And that's basically what just happened because it called me out for stuff on the election and uh, the insurrection at, uh, at, the, at the Capitol. And I, anybody that has listened to this show for more than half a minute knows what side of the aisle I'm falling on for that particular issue. I mean, yeah, you can, you can spread me around the middle for a lot of stuff. And to be perfectly honest, in the latest election cycle, I've been leaning more conservative than I ever have in my entire life. But it's all fiscal and financially uh, conservative because I, I think that there's some problems with what has been going on lately because because um, I, I do in fact I was actually talking uh, I was talking I posted something about um, how I mean, the American government is now stepping in to sort of prevent uh, a lot of uh, influence on microchips from China right and I had said that this is exactly what we needed um, and I didn't pitch the complete story it's it's what we needed because of something else that had happened uh and i was talking to bill uh of the hard rock lunchbox chat about the that exact thing and i was saying that what was good is that we just signed this huge massive investment into u.s chip makers that are going to be making uh all the computer chips in america in america and the necessary step to that is if we're going to do all that we need to limit the influence of outside american chip makers primarily china Now, that's just a strong and smart economic move anyway, but because of Huawei and everything that just went down with all the spying on the chips, and we have these microchips in everything from phones to cars to, you know, computers, obviously, but that shit goes into, like, military-grade stuff, too. We just cannot afford to be in a situation where, A, we're dependent on China for those, especially if this Taiwan situation blows up, which I don't think it will. I think it's going to be just another kind of Cold War. Um, But also, like, if they feel like embargoing. Now, China's really tight with Russia right now, and they felt like it. And China... China has a different world view. Like, they don't want to physically take it over. Like, that's... That's... um, that that's old world. That's that's very Putin. That's not China. China wants to economically take things over. You know, like classically, like women in a relationship, they don't want to physically abuse you. They want to mentally abuse you, and it's a much better way to do things. And they're more more suited for it. I kid. I kid the women's. 
Anyway, so I was saying that that's a really good idea because if you're going to do this huge investment in American manufacturing and chip making, you have to protect against all the you know the influence because China will still undercut us and we are just cheap dumb fucks here in the United States and we'll oh that's cheaper so I'll just get that why do you think that happened why do you think we're getting everything from overseas because we didn't want to pay to make it here we'd much rather buy cheaper stuff that's done by like violating all kinds of like health environment and you know uh, worker standards and safety and all that other stuff but but it's cheaper so we'll buy it from there that's exactly how that exodus of manufacturing happened and we can talk about that at a later date because. Um, I'm just not going to talk about it now. But the reason that was important, and I thought it was a good thing that we just did, is because when we did the um, the loan forgiveness thing that we just did, which I thought was a great idea, but if you remember when I was talking about it, the necessary component that needed to go with it was costs of col- uh, community college and state colleges going forward. Because what happened is once they did this thing where they just gave a whole bunch of money to people so they could pay off their debt, colleges started just banging up all the prices and in fact the average cost of community no state and private schools went up roughly hang on wait the government gave away around government gave away around ten thousand dollars uh anywhere from ten to twenty thousand dollars in reimbursement and loan forgiveness and then right after that within a week or week to ten days state schools and 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 private schools announced a raise of yeah, man, ten to twenty thousand dollars in tuition. Because what the government needed to do was give that money and like cover those uh, costs, and then lock down community and state schools. And they didn't do that. So they were like, "All right, well, if the government's going to give away an extra ten thousand dollars, we can charge an extra ten thousand dollars because all these families have just been saving all this money for college, and they're clearly comfortable borrowing all this." Yada yada yada. So. Anyway, that's why it's important. But that, so like, I don't like that. I don't like the free giveaway. I, I didn't like the last round of COVID stimulus. I didn't like the extension on, um, on unemployment. I, I thought, unless there were specific reasons to do those things that people could apply for, I mean, sure, make the application process pretty simple. Uh, anybody that applied for any of the PPE, PPP, I forget what the loan stuff was. It was kind of a pain in the ass and was difficult unless you were with a major bank. But honestly, it didn't take all that long. And if it's a question of getting like $1,200, well, then you can figure out if it's worth it to you or not. And that's completely fine. Because honestly, if you're unemployed and you're just getting a government subsidy because you're unemployed, I think you can spend an hour filling out a form. Like now we've, we've just basically paid you to do it. Right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I don't think many people would push up against me unless you're truly like beating the street 40 hours a day trying to you know get that get a new job and stuff like that but i just i don't think that's what happens i think everybody just goes gig economy by the way lots of reports about gig economies coming up uh coming out lately and talking about just how absolutely horrendous they are for people which i thought was just so goddamn obvious (laughs) and people are just like talking about it like it's oh my god we didn't understand like it was Dude, if you're constantly in a gig economy, you're constantly hustling for cash. Like, literally hustling for cash. Like, you got to get this so you can get this money. You got to do this so you can get this money. You don't have time off. You don't get savings. You don't care about the wear and tear on yourself or your vehicle or your life or anything like that. And you're not building anything because it's all gig economy and there's no loyalty whatsoever. Either way, like, from corporate loyalty to or employee loyalty, like, what did they think was going to happen? Like, it's literally everybody in it for themselves. Like... Pure, pure capital. Anyway, those are some fun reports. If you see any of those, I would definitely check them out. I really um, I don't so much remember what it was I was going to talk about. Oh, I did say there's a brand new Top 20 out today. You should check that out. Uh, I talk about uh, what a twat the chick from uh, American Music, Amityville Music Hall is and how... I won't set foot in there until she's been removed as manager, fired, and I implore as many bands as possible to also do that. I have not gotten around to messaging uh, the PR companies and the booking companies to tell them exactly what my experience was, and I will include anecdotes from other bands without naming the other bands. Um, but I think I think bands need to know. I think if I was coming in from out of state uh, and I was playing a show that I had a chance of getting screwed at, then I think I would want to know that in advance. And in fact, it's been good every time any band or any PR or any radio station has given me a heads up because I can make changes. Even if I decide to keep the show, like I'll get paid in advance. I'll find out who the people are to worry about and find out who the people are to connect with. So 
I will be doing that. I just need a little bit more time. Because honestly, I just I, we were treated so badly, and the fact that other people were treated that badly and continue to get treated that badly, like that's bad for my industry, and I want her out of there. And you know, as soon as I have the time to do it, I will stop literally at nothing until she's been fired. And that's you know, that's going to be fun for me. So that's a little pet project I get to work on uh, during all the other pet projects I'm working on. So that's cool. Um, Bacon is my podcast, still in full swing. They have a full interview with Mike Gunzelman, host of The Gun Show. I don't know who that is. Oh, and who wants to be an emo millionaire? Give that a shot. Seven questions with Pennyboard. They're a band. You can check all that out on Strangerhood TV, and I believe they're podcasting now. So if you can't watch, you can always listen. Uh, but you can just check out Bacon is my podcast and get all the information there. So... It's funny, and I'll probably talk about this a little bit more later. I, uh, I've been keeping an eye on Fox News, which I recommend everybody to do, uh, kind of around election time, because it just sort of tells you what other people are thinking. I've always found that to be unbelievably valuable in terms of understanding kind of Americana and what, what people are doing. I will tell you that one of the funniest things that I have seen, like, completely, is uh, aside from... Uh, all the normal scare tactics and that they're just keeping... By the way, they are just totally whitewashing everything that's going on in Florida. Florida is a hot, hot mess. And personally, I could not be happy. They have not recovered even remotely from the hurricane. They are finding more and more out about DeSantis and this migrant stunt and just how much money it costs the taxpayers of Florida to fly 30 people in a charter jet to, to, to get them from, from Texas. They're not even Florida migrants. To get them from Texas, bring them to Florida, just so they could fly them up to Martha's Vineyard is just bananas. <laughs> just bananas. So first of all, they're whitewashing all that. Second of all, the scare shit that they're doing. People are people are now talking about how like Democrats are, are wanting to like cancel Halloween because it's not safe or inclusion. You know exactly where I've heard that? I've heard that exactly one place. Can you guess? Yeah, it's Fox News. Fox News is the only place doing that. If certain communities feel like canceling or like you can cancel Halloween because of safety concerns, maybe because they have like gun violence or whatever, or whatever is going on in their town, like, yeah, man, let them figure it out. Local municipalities are more than capable of finishing that, of figuring that out. And they're talking about like the big fentanyl scare, how this is some big thing on uh, for Halloween because they're coloring the things different colors and it looks like rainbow. Like, listen, fucktard, they color them different things because they're different, um, they're different amounts of fentanyl and fentanyl is not new it's been killing people for years but it's really only been killing minorities and junkies and other than the opioid mess that in the middle of the country that's your your actual uh, your audience you don't give a shit you've never given a shit and so it's not new but you're just breaking it out on halloween because it might be targeting like rich white kids who gives a shit we've got too many of them anyway like i'm fine with that and also, like, aren't you supposed to be testing your candy? Like, I test my kids' candy. If my kids came home with a whole pocket full of fentanyl, I think I would just not give it to them. But if you're going to be stupid and lazy enough in the middle of the country be like, oh, that's nice, dear. Like, go ahead and have it. Then you deserve to have your kid have a fentanyl overdose. You're, you're not qualified to be a parent. Like, it's really that simple. If you can't follow the basic rules of Halloween, don't play. Like, don't play. But I will tell you, the only people raising these flags are... Republicans, yeah, <laughs> because they're trying to scare you right ahead of an election. Nobody's canceling Halloween. I mean, yeah, it's 50-50 whether the Great Pumpkin is going to show up or not, but it has absolutely nothing to do with Democrats. It's because Linus said if instead of when. If the Great Pumpkin shows up, always say when. Always go left, always say when. But my current favorite thing is what went down over the weekend? No, Monday. Monday over at Lee Zeldin's house. Good old Lee Zeldin from Shirley. From Shirley. That bastion of security and nice neighborhood and whores and uh, opioids. <laughs> Everything else that's going down in Shirley. You're doing a great job, Lee. Let me just tell you that. But yeah, if you haven't heard, there was a, a shooting out in front of his house. Uh, so a couple people got shot out in front of his house. And he was so surprised that he was just shaken. He could not believe that this, first of all, that this could happen in front of his house. Like, dude, you live in Shirley. It's already happened in front of your house. This is just the first time you've been running for governor, so it's a good press up. But also, like, you want everybody in New York to have guns. What did you think was going to happen? 
And we don't even have that. If you become governor, everybody in New York will get to have guns. Like, that'll be a... What, like, what do you think that looks like? What do people do with guns? Not everybody is super cool like Homer Simpson and shooting the top off their beer bottle. I mean, I know that's my goal. I'm going to learn how to shoot so I can turn off lights, open beer cans, and all that other stuff. And also, like, you know, whenever Kaz fucks up, like... They're like, Kaz, you missed the wrong note. Choo-choo-choo! I assume that's, that's how you do it. But my absolute favorite part of the whole thing, an incredibly violent thing that shouldn't really happen to anybody's family, including Lee Zeldin, that's awful, it's an awful experience. He announced on national TV, no less, that while he and his wife were up pandering to people in the Bronx during a Columbus Day parade, his twin 16-year-old daughters were home alone. Great job, Zeldin. That's great. So what I'm hearing is that in your violent-ass neighborhood that you reside in and you're congressman for, and you can't control gun violence in your own yard, your twin 16-year-old daughters are home alone. If that doesn't get you parent of the year, I don't know what will. But it sure as fuck is not going to land you in the governor's office, you dumb, dumb douche. So I hope if anybody was leaning towards Lee Zeldin and how great he's going to be for New York, definitely message me. Message me directly. Don't even go through Monty because I definitely want to have a, have a conversation with you because absolutely everything this dude says is absolutely everything that I'm opposed to. From fracking to spending taxpayer dollars to rename the Mario Cuomo Bridge back to the Tappan Zee. Like, dude, I call it the Tappan Zee now. Like, that's fine. Like, we're going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to change all those signs? Because why? You don't like the name Cuomo? It wasn't even Andrew. It was Mario. Like, dude, give me a break. And he ran a Facebook ad about this. Like, are you shitting me? That's how you spend our money? Like, whitewashing history? Like, oh, it was never Mario Cuomo. Mario Cuomo, for all of his faults, was twice the governor you would ever be. And, like, he's dead now, I think, and he's still a better person than you are. And I'm going to shut up because I'm getting upset. And I told you, I am trying to work on my cardio. Will be more namaste going forward. Probably not. Not ever. But if we have any Lee Zeldin fans, yeah, definitely message me. I would love to know what you think, why you like anything he has to say. Like, oh, by the way, if it's just getting rid of these migrants and immigrants, like, don't bother. Like, I know that already. I think, honestly, I don't need to get rid of them, but I do need to do a better job with them. So I'm not that I'm on your side because I'm not super extremist like you are, but uh, we can have the immigrant conversation kind of whenever you want uh, because I am definitely open for ideas, especially since we have such a jobs thing and worker shortage. I think being really mad at people that want to work is the wrong thing. But I'm willing to have that conversation, but not with Lee Zeldin as governor. So that's about all I got. Uh, because I was a bit unhinged and because I didn't really know what I was going to talk about. I didn't even realize how upset I was about the whole Lee Zeldin thing, but I'm glad his daughters were okay. I'm sad that he is as well, but what are you going to do? But uh, I feel like you've earned this. So thank you for listening to the Top 20. I hope you enjoy the rest of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. And uh, yeah, man, I'll be here, unfortunately. Hard Rock Lunchbox. You know... I count a lot on Spotify. I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Although, what's going on with my microphone? Hang on. Okay. Uh, what am I doing? Okay. Sorry. I should have saved this for the top 20. Oh, there it is. I see. <laughs> no worries. Completely under control. Said no one ever. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so, yeah, I listen to... Uh, so I get a lot of my new music on my Spotify recommendations. It's really, like, my number one source besides people telling me about songs that have come out. So I did have a new song for this week that I've got a recommendation for. And then I only found two songs. Two songs uh, out of Spotify. And none of were uh, none were the release radar, which is really disappointing. In fact, the, probably the most disappointing part is that Paramount... Uh, Paramore put out a new song that I just found to be borderline unlistenable, unfortunately. So I did the best I could. I found another band that kind of reminded me of them a little bit. They're a little heavier. They're called Pink Shift. I'd never heard of them before, but they were on my uh, my Discover Weekly, which is my backup plan for the release radar. And here they are in the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Little Silverstein for y'all, because I'm cool like that. Cool like that. Hell yeah. I'm cool like that. Should be my new Rebel Mind song. 
So uh, I did say there was a uh, second song I did find this week on Spotify. It was also on the Discover Weekly because the song's, I guess, about a year old, maybe a little bit over a year old. But it's also one of those situations where I don't understand why Spotify didn't immediately notify me that this song existed. And I'm sorry if I'm drifting sound-wise. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with my microphone. The microphone itself is fine. It's just the wiring. just being weird. You're being weird right now. Um, yeah, so it's one of those situations where I didn't know the band even existed, and I feel like it's something I should have. I kind of went through this when I found that band, like, 100,000. I was like... And I did, like, some research, and they hadn't been a band for, like, 15 years, but they basically all but started that kind of music. And I was like, well, I feel like I should have known that. And this is uh, much much more the case and I don't even know that anybody's ever suggested it to me although a lot of people probably knew the band existed because it's one of those kind of super groups and maybe it was a one off and maybe it wasn't but the band is called NHC and the NHNC stand for Navarro, Hawkins and Chaney and it's basically Dave Navarro and Taylor Hawkins and Chris Chaney like dude <laughs> like that is such a crazy, amazing supergroup. I mean, if you don't know who they are, like Dave Navarro, famously from Jane's Addiction, but also a lot of other things, including Red Hot Chili Peppers, for literally one hot minute, which is the name of the record he did. I think we all know Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Uh, and Chris Chaney, who was also in... Was he also in Jane's Addiction? I think Chris Chaney was Jane's Addiction. But Chris Chaney and Taylor Hawkins were also the touring band for Alanis Morissette on her first major tour, Jagged Little Pelt. So they played together. So they're all friends. Like, they all have known each other and played in and out of their bands and stuff. And it's sad to like kind of come across this after Taylor's passing, of course, but I was like, this is really good. And even though Taylor is the one singing and Taylor is a great vocalist, there's always... It's funny, like... Um... I've always I've always thought that I was missing something vocally to keep me from being a great lead vocalist. Like I've always thought it and I've said it publicly. I still think it's true. I think there's a difference between somebody that's an absolute front person and, a, and an absolute star and you know the difference between what they do and what I do is is tangible and and knowable to me even if I can't quite put my finger on it and define it. And I feel like not that I'm comparing myself to Taylor at all, but I feel like he was always a good singer. Uh, it just, there was something that kept him from basically being Dave Grohl, I guess, which is exactly where he would have ended up if he had that extra. But anyway, so I found this yesterday, just kind of thank you to uh, Discover Weekly, uh, as opposed to Release Radar, which should have told me about it when it came out, but it didn't because it sucks. And I'll take that back next week when it finds me something good. But I thought it was really good. I think you might too. It's called Feed the Cruel. NHC. Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I do love myself some of the cars. Such a good band. Um, we have a show coming up in Scranton that, to be perfectly honest, I am just, I am really stressing the drive. I just, I haven't done it in a while. I haven't done a three and a half hour drive to do a show and then three and a half hours back, so I'm really stressing the drive. I'm looking forward to the show. Show's going to be fun. We have not been in Scranton in a, in a few years. Uh, we haven't even played in Pennsylvania in in a few years. So it's, it's been a lot longer since we've been to Scranton. So it's good. I'm hoping to see some people we haven't seen in a while, and uh, just like have a really good show. But we are finalizing the um, we are finalizing the set, and the band actually decided that we're going to do that medley like one more time. And I have no idea what the audience is going to look like or what their takeaway is going to be from it, but. It's fun because we get to practice it for another couple of weeks, which is always fun at the show. So if you enjoyed that, I think last time I heard, last time I heard, um, whatchamacallit, they were going to live stream the show, but that was at a different venue. So I'm not sure if that's still with this venue. If that does come to pass, I will let you know. We're playing there on the 29th of October. Um, there's lots of local shows going on here, so I don't know that anybody's going to have time to live stream it. But if they wanted to, that's fine. Uh, I will get those details if there are details to be gotten. But I thought I'd let anybody know that caught that medley that we did at Avenue Blue Music Hall. We are going to do it exactly one more time, it would seem. Uh, but we are uh, getting ready for a show that we're going to do in December. Uh, December 16th, we're going to be at Mr. Beery's. We're putting a show together. We've got Craving Strange on board. We're bringing a farewell fire on with us, as well as Mikey, who's going to open it. Uh, couldn't get all of something heavy because 
AJ was unavailable, so we did. Uh, we're just getting Mikey, and we'll get some Mikey songs. And uh, so get your requests into him now. I think now would be the time to get some acoustic in the skies. It's been quite a while. <sighs> Man, is anyone else tired? No, I just keep asking. I just feel like I keep asking. That. But anyway, that would be a good time to get uh, your hands on that. But if you can't wait, don't worry. I got you back.
By the way, can we just talk about how absolutely wonderful it is that Alex Jones was awarded against that he's got to pay $965 million in a defamation lawsuit. I think that is the absolute greatest thing in the world. Because it's that level of... It's not going to hold because it won't hold on appeal or whatever because it's punitive and... It's it's hard to get that kind of thing to stand punitively, but it sends such a good message. And so many people, like, this is so true. Like, I was just having this discussion. Like, this is so true that so many people do not understand how the world works, right? And they, they think they do, but they don't because they don't teach civics in school. They barely teach school in school. And people just think they know enough to get by because they think they know enough to get by. But I got news for you. If you're a fucking idiot, which most people are, then your interpretation of things is probably going to be a slight bit tainted. You're not going to know it. And that's why whenever you hear like, what about free speech, free speech? Well, definitely read the Constitution and then have someone explain it to you and actually have them explain specifically how that works. Because, yep, you can pretty much say whatever you want, but there are consequences to those things. That's why it's not absolute. It's never been absolute. And the simple fact is, like, I can go on the radio to my millions minus millions of listeners and say, like, Alex Jones is a pedophile. I can say that, and I can say it every single day. But if I keep saying it, and I say it with intent and and like willingness to to insist that it's factual, that's called slander, and you can go, you can get uh, sued for that. When that's what defamation is. And Alex Jones, for months and years said that the whole Sandy Hook thing was staged and that those kids were actors and it didn't really happen. And because he's who he is in politics and in right-wing media, people believed him and it got traction. And now people think that some of those poor kids that got killed at Sandy Hook is a lie or they were actors or the parents are just making it up, which honestly is disgusting. And I hope to God that when he does appeal that, they deny it and he has to figure out a way pay those families almost $1 billion because he and everyone like him are the absolute scourge of the earth. They are scumbags, and the people they represent and the people that listen to them deserve to die in all of the most painful fires that we can find. And I hope something awful happens to them and their families, and I hope somebody as disgusting as Alex Jones comes along and tells them that they made it up and that they're actors and it didn't really happen. I hope it does. Anyway, on that note, I've got some new music in from Mikey. He sent me a band called Holding Absence that I've never heard of. The song is called Gravity. I've got it for you on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I was super disappointed when LS Dunes put out a second single this week and it sucked, or at least I didn't like it, a.k.a. sucked. So in protest, I'm playing their first single, which I loved. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Ah, oh, man. <clears throat> I had a long talk uh, with uh, my friend Eddie, who produced all three Rebel 9 records so far. Um, Eddie was instrumental in getting, in my transformation from, from G. Davey over to uh, Rebel 9 uh, when we did the diaries. Um, uh, we're for the next set of recordings. We're not working with Eddie through no fault of Eddie's. Um, it just the logistics of having to to do it means that I have to do all the engineering, and because of all the other work and projects I've taken on, I just I have not been. I'm not going to be able to do it. It was. It took me weeks, weeks to engineer just the drums for Dirty Deeds, and honestly, I, I just don't know that it's worth it. Uh, so that led me to you know find somebody that I thought was going to make this worth it, which is why we're going to work the next uh, four songs with Caggiano. Uh, you probably already know, Dave has worked with Craving Strange, has worked with uh, Mother and Last Year on Broadway and Midnight Bob and stuff. It's a lot of, um, has a lot of local experience, uh, a lot of experience with local bands, plus other bands. Uh, I think we're in a position where it is not something that I want to do to sound like another local band, but I think we've established enough of what Rebel 9 sounds like, where I don't think we're in any danger, and we can just push what that sounds like going forward. But that is the plan, and we actually start recording not this Saturday, but next Saturday, 
uh, we start recording new music. So if you're into that sort of Rebel 9 nonsense new music thing, well, 2013 is going to be a pretty good year for you. <laughs> we also have some videos to release. We've been holding on to some of these videos because... Um, there's really no point in releasing them if we're not doing anything. So I'm trying to at least package some stuff together so maybe 2013 will look like 2013. Did I say that before, 2013? We're going to go back in time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 2023 should be a good year for everybody. And I'm trying to package it so it looks like it's going to make a little bit more sense. We'll probably build a couple of shows around releases and blah, 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 blah. Just go for it like that. But we're going to release videos and stuff. and um, But that'll be fun. But the whole point of this is I was talking to my old producer about... Uh, the, the difference in, in kind of the way like music is because there's there's really there's very little room anymore for bands especially rock bands um, to go anywhere as Q pointed out uh, K-Rock in the city is no longer doing rock radio leaving WSOU as the only real rock station in the region and it's not only rock I mean it's it does other things um, including metal and stuff like that but it's also a college station so which is not horrible because Somebody's got to do it, but at least it's better than nothing. But we were talking about the kind of future of rock, and and the music tends to run in cycles anyway. And we were saying that kind of like a lot of the urban and you know pop stuff might very much be on its way out as that particular demographic ages out. And you see, like anybody that was watching Cobra Kai and and um, Stranger Things was, was definitely noting a resurgence of other kinds of music. Well, that is very common, right? So when Cobra Kai first hit, everyone was like listening to the 80s and the L.A. bands, the L.A. hair bands, because that was all that was going on there. And when Stranger Things came out, uh, I can't, I'm totally escaping on the song that uh, Max was listening to in order to, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers in case anybody hasn't seen it, but also Metallica's Master of Puppets uh, had a huge resurgence to the point where it entered the Billboard charts at like number one one week, which is fucking awesome, right? Good job, Metallica. It's a great song. It was, it was actually the first cover song we did in this incarnation of the band, and the reason we did that is because when uh, I brought the three new guys in, I didn't want to teach them all the old stuff, so we just needed material, and the Reality Crush hadn't come out yet, so we were playing some of that, but we needed a really long cover, and Master Puppets fit the bell. So if you were lucky enough to see Rebel 9 back in that day, you probably saw, saw us do Master Puppets, which we did really well, by the way. Um, but that all being said, uh, a couple of weeks after that, for no real reason whatsoever, Loudwire reported that Evanescence and their song Bring Me to Life had topped the charts. And what made that special and interesting was the fact that it had not been involved in anything. It was just a random series of events. It's a great song. It's also like 19 years old. And just for some reason, it resurfaced and people were listening to it and made its way onto some playlists and people were checking that out and recommending it and stuff like that. And that was the basis for the conversation that we were having that rock is kind of on its way back. I don't honestly know that that's true because I honestly don't know what rock looks like in a Spotify world. Album rock specifically, I think, is just always going to be dead, which is why I really, really do not expect to ever put out another Rebel 9 record with the possible exception of the Diaries Live, but I don't know that I'm going to press it. It's probably just going to be a playlist. Maybe I'll make some special order stuff. Maybe I'll even do some special order vinyl if people want it. If we get enough people to that want it, of course, I'll, uh, absolutely, I'll place the order. If people want it, like I'll make it happen. But I just don't think we're ever going to put together a record record because I think that's that's done. But it is interesting enough to see if maybe some rock is going to make its way back. People are going to start digging some music written with some integrity and maybe not so so much trite on the lyrics and maybe heavier kind of grooves that aren't electronic. They're just stuff that humans make, not things that machines make. And I don't know that hard rock is going to look the same. I don't know that Chevelle is going to be like the biggest band ever all of a sudden. I don't expect it to quite work like that, but it is heartening to think that maybe, just as I'm about to kind of really give up on that where this is going to go thing, that maybe, maybe there's a little light down at the end of the hall. And it would be funny if it's all thanks to this little chick from Alabama, was it? Shit, I forget where Amy Lee was from. But Amy Lee and Ben Moody just 
dropping one of the greatest tracks of that time. And uh, I guess of this time, too. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I gotta say, I was gonna cut that ending because it's just a long ending and for no point, but I was literally just sitting here just bopping to it, and I was like, oh, I bet you half the audience is just bopping to it, and why would I take that away from them? Like, why? I mean, yeah, sure, I've got Halsey up next, and that's cool too, so I'll just get to that. Hard Rock Lunch Box. We, uh, as Rebel 9, have covered a whole lot of songs over the years. Uh, we do it mainly because it's fun, and we think that other people will enjoy them. Uh, one of the songs we did, we covered a song from Depeche Mode. We did it acoustically at KJ's during our uh, long-running, but now since defunct, uh, Unplugged series, which I might be looking to rebuild, by the way, in 2023. I know I talk a lot. That could just be more talk, but it really is something that I'm considering doing. Um, so I'll keep you posted on that. But what was so great about it is my guitarist, Kaz, who has like a 20-year block of songs, I guess, in his memory that he doesn't even remember existed, agreed to do it begrudgingly, but didn't bother to really learn the song and was kind of just waiting for me to make the changes. Well, as it happens from time to time, I broke a string on stage, and the, the one string I really need to play the song, so it's not even like I could just kind of figure it out. If I was just playing guitar, I probably could have transposed it in my head, but since I was singing too, it makes it almost impossible to do it. I am not even remotely that kind of talented. So I stopped playing, and then it was uh, incredibly obvious, very soon, <laughs> readily apparent, that Kaz did not know the song because he refused to make the changes necessary to end the song. <laughs> still funny and we tease him today and I'll probably literally tease him today on it but doesn't make it not a good song and uh, when was the last time you even heard Personal Jesus? Probably then. So certainly the last time I heard it. Hard Rock Lunch Box You know, speaking of those unplugged shows, I really I've always, I've always loved this version of Senseless Tragedy. <laughs>
At this point, I think we all know what that sound means. It's time for our weekly Craving of the Week with, of course, Craving Strange. I do know that they are currently working on new music, and hopefully new music will uh, reveal itself before the end of the year, but I cannot say that's for sure. So uh, we will just wait patiently like the little bitches we are for new music from the CS Boys. You'll be able to catch them this weekend over at Mr. Beery's, along with Something Heavy uh, and Stud Count and Utmost, bands from, I think, the city and from Philadelphia. So uh, be sure and check that out. I myself have it on my calendar to try and attend. Uh, I just got handed a bunch of stuff that I'm going to have to figure out how to do in the short amount of time I have, but it might actually be chipping into that. But we'll see. I still have it on my calendar. That's always a good thing. So maybe I'll see you there. If not, don't forget, you can always catch Craving Strange with us back at Beery's on December 16th. That'll be fun. Maybe we'll even play this. From what's happening after I'm left here in the afterglow While I'm stuck here keeping your secrets Dead leaves have the sins below Well can I be honest with you now I don't believe in ever after But there's a part of you That I just can't put down Will you be honest with me now? Cause if you break me I will shatter And all the pieces, pieces Will scatter like the ashes And they all fall down I hope they're the last ones Whoever had to be the ones to have it all torn down Over and over When is it over? Time slip, now I know what you're after there's no fear when the ceiling's low The sunset on the words that'll keep you There's new skin where the seeds have grown Can I be honest with you now? I don't believe in ever after But there's a part of you that I just can't put down Will you be honest with me now? Cause if you break me, I will shatter And all the pieces, pieces Will scatter like the ashes And they all fall down I hope they're the last ones Whoever have to be the ones To have it all torn down Over and over When is it over?
There's a part of you that I just can't put down. Will you be honest with me now? 'Cause if you break me, I will shatter. And all the pieces, pieces will scatter like the ashes, and they all fall down. I hope they're the last one. Whoever have to be the ones to have it all torn down, over and over. God, when is it Absolutely nobody. The Hard Rock Lunchbox, of course, running late today, but we're gonna get on out of here. I found this song and it just struck me because I had not heard it in absolutely forever, and it's kind of funny and just lame and stupid. And it's not nearly as good as some of the songs that I end with, but we haven't played it in a while, and sometimes, or I've never played it on the box. I haven't even heard it in a while, but thought it might be fun to leave here. But if I see you this weekend, then I see it. If not, then I will see you right back here on Thursday at noon for more nonsense on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Thank y'all for listening. Have yourself a great weekend. Hard Rock Lunchbox.